chapter twenty one of the ins and outs of paris or paris by day and night by julie de marguerite this librivox recording is in the public domain an editorial sanctum there are fewer newspapers in paris than in the country of newspapers par excellence your own america or rather united states they are as you know under somewhat strict control yet in france the press has more influence more importance than anywhere else and the members of the press are more respected more thought of than in almost any other country after all there are but three countries that can be said to have a newspaper press england where the liberty of the press prevails but where the writers of the most influential articles the political and financial are anonymous studiously refraining from openly exercising the power their pen might give them france where from the time newspapers first appeared articles of criticism philosophy and art written in a brilliant style have been the important articles with the public requiring their authors to be at once scholars authors wits artists and men of the world the united states but we have nothing to do with the third newspaper country of the world and refrain from characterizing how much or how little is here required to aspire to the title of the editor as to the newspapers in the rest of europe they are nothing in italy every newspaper office is but another name for a police office in germany we have rhapsodies and sentimental tales printed in eligible type on abominable paper with an occasional blood-and-thunder article from some wild long-bearded student which instead of rousing the republicans to arms quietly ensconces him in a prison in spain the papers are edited by the priests and the queen's favourites in russia the tsar that sovereign of all work edits his own newspapers therefore in all these countries newspaperdom cannot be said to exist after all it is in paris that this department of intellectual labour is invested with dignity refinement and a regular organization an editor's office in paris is a charming sanctum a library to the embellishment of which every artist profession author or trade has contributed the editor's office par excellence is generally the very last of a whole suite of rooms through which you may wander at will if you once get an introduction but before this door the words ici on n'entre pas will arrest the most daring even the employés of the establishment the very sub-editors themselves venture not to disobey this command but discreetly knock and wait for the gracious entrée which admits them we however have gone rather too precipitately to this haven of journalism we will retrace our steps to the very entrance door where under the words bureau du three asterisks are most politely inscribed tournez le bouton s'il vous plaît being a command such as red riding hood supposed the grandmother gave when she admitted her to be made mincemeat of a process familiar to journalists as well as wolves well having lifted the latch you enter into a sort of narrow ante-room across which is a wire grating this precaution is necessary when minds and politics get excited and a journal becomes personified consequently protected by one party and liable to attack from the other bakers money-changers and newspapers are the three callings most liable to assault representing the three necessities of the people if you come to subscribe for the paper a commis generally an old man fully persuaded of his own importance takes your money and your name both of which he conveys to a silent and spruce young gentleman seated at a desk surrounded by letters large books and papers in a few moments he brings you a receipt 
hands it to you with a bow and a condescending merci monsieur and you have nothing more to do than to reopen the door through which you entered and forthwith depart this is all you will see of the bureau du three asterisks but if you can pronounce in an insinuating voice the name of monsieur anybody who belongs to the paper the majestic salesman will with a grim smile your importance in his eyes being much enhanced open a concealed door behind him and pointing to a breach in his own fortification will admit you into the laboratory of words and ideas the first room in which you find yourself is nothing more than a great emporium of the files of the three asterisks journal on still on through another door whence proceed sound of voices and of laughter and you find yourself in a large room in an atmosphere of smoke and are welcomed by a loud huzzah the room has a highly polished floor somewhat strewed with papers and scraps in the centre is a large table perfectly hidden under a mass of engravings books boxes pistols statuettes bottles soaps umbrellas coats pictures patent medicines in fact everything that can be imagined or not imagined you have but to name some new invention be sure that it will be disinterred from the chaos of the centre table four or five young men in elegant morning costume are lounging about the room and all are smoking every possible device for sitting comfortably has been accumulated in this room there is no symmetry in the furniture either in form or colour green blue red brocade brocatelle velvet leather morocco cloth the style of the three louis thirteenth fourteenth and fifteenth down to the invention of modern days low soft elastic and stuffed on all sides and called a ganache now your own particular friend is the scissors editor though from the moment you are the friend of one of the fraternity the others are your sworn friends also he lies at full length on the sky-blue brocatelle and gold sofa sent there to exhibit some peculiar mechanism in the casters one of the great ornaments of the workshop the scissors editor is a pale sentimental pretty-looking young fellow shrewd at appreciating other people's ideas but incapable of originating one himself he has besides delicate health and loves to take care of himself and to make himself be petted by others here he lies by his side is a pyramid of papers in his right hand so delicate and white he holds a formidable pair of scissors in his left a column already severed from its parent edifice at the bottom of the sofa stands a printer's devil his bright eyes actually flashing with impatience he holds a box of waters and a bundle of cigarettes which the young editor alternately calls for he welcomes us with a nod and then sinks back again on his velvet cushions two young men walking arm in arm up and down the room with their hats on and smoking as though they were in the streets immediately advance to meet us and offering us a cigar continue their conversation making us one of their party at a small table by the window sits another young man but he is busily writing though often pausing and often erasing he is the political editor his task is no sinecure every word must now be weighed yet everything must be told no wonder he often bites the top of his pen and gazes at the dull courtyard without all at once the door opens and a lady enters she is neither young nor pretty and certainly not rich for her dress is long out of date yet our two companions doff their hats and salute her and our scissors friend puts his legs off the sofa 
the editor says the lady but the editor is not to be seen by every one the lady is shown into an inner room where obedient waits a plausible secretary whose business is to politely receive deceive and politely get rid of all the bores who come with the insane intention of seeing monsieur le rédacteur en chef now our two friends in the idlest of the party are however the most important in the journal one is the writer of the fait paris or local city items with strict injunction to embellish and with full prerogative to invent the other is the feuilletoniste it requires to be more than a man of genius to be a feuilletoniste because besides requiring genius it requires many of those qualities which genius does not possess versatility wit tact a brilliant style a universal knowledge of men and things judgment discretion and conscience are amongst the few things required by this rara avis peculiarly french and peculiarly the invention of modern times Janet is the father of this troupe the one most generally known his monday articles in the journal des débats he writes but once a week have for many years ruled with a despotic sway the artistic opinions of paris and of the civilized world alphonse carr the wittiest of all the feuilletonists théophile gautier the most original madame de girardin the most refined fiorentino the youngest an italian by birth but who writes heaven and the printers know how many languages as well as his own are the most distinguished of the department berlioz the composer has recently taken to write general feuilleton they have the defect that all the ideas seem set to music and harp but one string dumas was born a writer of feuilleton any chapter of his works that are not historical might serve for a feuilleton his sprightly epigrammatic and analytical articles in his journal le mousquetaire show that his true vocation was that of a journalist there are many great writers who are perfectly incapable of writing a feuilleton madame sand for instance though as graceful as she is profound could never concentrate her genius within the limits of a feuilleton neither could balzac nor sue alfred de musset might have been one of the most distinguished in this line but he could never have been brought to write either at the right time or the right quantity if indeed he could be induced to write at all such is his incorrigible idleness the feuilleton is not generally written at the office but many of the materials are collected there during the never-ending levee which this agreeable gossiping idling literary club entertains from morning to gas-lighted eve the levee is too not confined to the sterner sex young ambitious pupils of the conservatoire in search of an opportunity to display their talents actresses imploring notices or imploring not to be noticed at all milliners with a propitiatory hat-box in hand aspiring literary women not a numerous class in france all swell the ever-changing throng which flocks to this first editorial room of a popular journal now we must say without wishing to draw a parallel with any other country that the sub-editors reporters or writers whatever they may be do not because they are on their own ground in any way alter their manner or assume a rude and rough tone they preserve in their offices the courtesies of life they respect others and themselves and above all have a profound conviction of the dignity of their mission to reform to guide to instruct and to refine such is the mission of the journalist and surely the first example should be given by themselves in their own manners and their own conduct 
but it must be premised that journalism in france requires men of education in the first place the french language is a most complicated one being difficult even for a frenchman to write correctly so that not all with a fancied vocation can jump from setting type to writing articles then though the circulation of newspapers in france is not to be compared to that of newspapers in america they are read by a larger portion of educated and informed people therefore must the editor be well informed educated and well read therefore must he possess superior knowledge to the public who read him therefore must he know the theory of art as well if not better than the artist he is called on to criticise that the editors and sub-editors are thus qualified for their position is shown in the respect and deference paid to them by a class which in this country expects from the press sycophancy and obedience we mean artists who have money managers who have power and authors who have celebrity by all these the press in this country is looked on as a mere question of money with money anything can be puffed into merit and notoriety it is not so in france we do not mean to say that like robespierre all the press deserve the title of incorruptible but we mean to say that no man could be found who would make it worth while to attempt to engraft an absurdity on the public mind a manager an artist has a respect for the press for they know they are enlightened intellectual people therefore in paris it is the manager who solicits patronage and humbly offers his free tickets to the press and not vice versa as in some countries when rachel was on the point of coming out at the theatre francais Monsieur cremieux a distinguished member of the parisian bar belonging to the hebrew persuasion became her patron with a view to conciliate the press Monsieur cremieux gave a dinner once a week to its leading members ransacking the culinary art and the vintages of every country to propitiate the sensual god who held the young aspirant's fame in his monday's feuilleton but Janet's head and Janet's pen are totally independent of his digestive organs neither did the fumes of the champagne blind his judgment toquet at twenty-five francs a lilliputian glass could not sweeten a single sentence and rachel almost found the mantle of genius taken from her shoulders by the calm cool discussion of her merits from the critic who admitting the genius she had denied her everything else which since she has acquired step by step until she has reached the imperial height at which she now stands but we are lingering too long in this most pleasant sanctum our redacteur en chef is beyond and we must being amongst the privileged enter the sanctuary and find ourselves in the presence of the redacteur en chef the real editor of the paper we pass through another elegantly furnished room where sits an exceedingly quiet decorous and decorated official qualified as le secrétaire by the young subs though he has no such office his real avocation is that of writer of the money articles he is the feuilletoniste of the bourse a difficult and perplexing avocation in france where the caprices of la bourse are as frequent and unforeseen as the caprices of the prima donna at the grand opera we pass the rubicon inscribed on the door and enter one of the quietest and most inviting of libraries the door has closed without any noise the deep pile of the carpet deadens the step the double curtains at the windows soften the light to the studious point all round the room from floor to ceiling are books 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 be it known that every publisher sends two copies of a work to a newspaper one for review is delivered for dissection to the fraternity in the first office the other copy 
in a more elegant binding is sent to the rédacteur en chef a large table is in the centre of the room on it are beautiful productions of art not such as are in the first room copies of what the whole public can buy but individual statuettes designs sketches and pictures made expressly for the rédacteur with such inscriptions and signatures as these a mon ami blank paul de la croix ah three asterisks pour lui seul Pradier. on the mantelpiece covered with a thick purple plush is a beautiful bull clock and two vases to match reflected in the large mirror behind them in a large velvet armchair with a table before him sits the editor himself enveloped in a plain dark velvet dressing-gown he is not immersed in any profound thought or he may be meditating for aught we know but his head rests comfortably on the back of the chair whilst he inhales oblivion from all care through the amber tube of a perfume narguillet standing beside him what have we on the table a large vase full of flowers a pile of tiny oyster-shells an empty bottle of chablis a china dish with pears and oranges the remains of an omelette souffle a silver coffee-pot thick hot cream and could he have foreseen our visit and intended to invite us to breakfast the table certainly is laid for two and that delicious cosy low chair with its soft satin wadded back is actually placed ready for us how charmingly considerate but soft the guest is evidently not ourselves but whoever it was has been and gone here are vestiges of another presence a handkerchief so fine snowy and gossamer lies under the table and as we pick it up our eyes however discreet could not help seeing in floral and filigree letters the word natalie embroidered in the corner but our editor for all he takes it so easily now has no sinecure remember that being personally responsible for every line that goes into his paper he has to read every line ay every syllable from the title to his own name at the bottom of the last page no cruel slander can be allowed to slip into his columns no fulsome flattery to mediocrity no false opinions no careless style and the knowledge that this first censorship awaits them is perhaps the reason why the sub-editors dare not presume to aspire to the post unless fully qualified and why having attained it they write carefully and well much as the french morals are stigmatized it cannot be denied that the columns of the french papers are always entirely free from personal slander from all indecent details from all virulent abuse often even the great law paper itself the journal des tribunaux in giving an account of a great trial will give only the initials of the parties deeming it unnecessary and cruel towards many innocent sufferers by others guilt that the real name should pass the threshold of the courts all our editor's duties are performed after midnight when he leaves his office he spends the evening at the opera or the italien they play on alternate nights seeing the leading politicians the leading fashionables and behind the scenes the leading artists welcome everywhere everywhere in authority there are few positions more agreeable or influential than that of a member of the parisian press of acknowledged talent there is no society too high for him he has the entree everywhere suiting his manner and his conversation to each 
having perhaps a slight preference for bohème and its easy manners yet never bringing into the actual world which is named society one reminiscence of what that society ignores after the witching hour of night the toils and tribulations of a portion of the corps of the journal of which we have hitherto neglected to speak the printers and their attendant devils begin no copy shouts the foreman no feuilleton no theatrical review what is to be done nobody in the office of course that is the last place to look for those who are wanted so the foreman coming out of his own private room for he too has a sanctum calls aloud in the printing-room phaeton to this a bright little demon in a blouse and paper cap who keeps the run of the phaeton replies mademoiselle Lufrosine, rue st georges and off he posts to the rue st georges where his phaeton is at supper with a host of choice spirits and whilst he hurriedly completes the phaeton crumpled in his pocket the gamin drains a glass of champagne in the ante-room in company with florine the soubrette revue musicale revue dramatique are each found in succession by their attendant sprites sometimes the very greatest names in the artistic world being shouted in the printer's office as the whereabouts of the various editors this orderly disorder however ends in a paper which bears no traces of the intense labour it has cost the foreman and the printers as for the sub-editors their work has no symptom of labour in the crucible peculiar to frenchmen the labours of life have been transformed into pleasure whilst attaining the end of existence fame or fortune they do not lose sight of the present moment but enjoy each as it passes for each as it passes is a moment making up the years of youth which can never be recalled end of chapter twenty one